0: This is the World in Brief from The Economist. Our top stories. Iran's Attorney General said that the country would abolish its hateful morality police, whose tasks include ensuring that women wear the hijab. Many observers were sceptical, as responsibility for the force lies with the Interior Ministry, which remained stum, not the judiciary. But, if true, it would be a sign that the government was bowing to three months of protests. Meanwhile, demonstrators called for a three-day strike this week. The G7's cap on the price of oil bought from Russia, to which the EU and Australia agreed on Friday, went into effect on Monday. It bars the sale of Russian crude bought for more than $60 a barrel. In the meantime, OPEC and its allies had elected not to lift their production targets. The oil-producing cartel is waiting to ascertain the price cap's impact. China began slowly distancing itself from its zero-Covid dictum, following unprecedented protests against the government's once-unyielding policies. The long-locked-down city of Urumqi in the Xinjiang region, where the unrest began, started reopening malls and restaurants on Monday. Some other big cities will no longer require a negative Covid test to board public transport. Chinese stock markets cheered the hopeful signals. Britain's Labour Party set out a plan for the biggest ever transfer of power and wealth away from the government in Westminster and for sharing it across the country. The opposition party's proposals include scrapping the House of Lords, relocating 50,000 civil servants to outside London and giving devolved governments and local authorities more powers, including more say overspending. Donald Trump called for the termination of America's constitution in service to the lie that he won the presidential election of 2020. On his own social media network, He said that revoking all rules might be necessary to reinstall himself in the White House, notwithstanding his new electoral campaign. Mr Trump's latest anti-democratic tirade elicited widespread condemnation, but silence from senior Republicans. Heavy rains caused a volcano to erupt on Indonesia's main island, Java. It buried buildings with ash and debris and prompted the evacuation of about 2,000 people. Locals were advised to keep 8 kilometres from Mount Sameru as it blasted out hot clouds and poured down streams of lava. Indonesia experiences frequent volcanic activity. Sameru last erupted a year ago, killing 51 people. Football World Cup After a group stage punctuated by a series of extraordinary upsets, the first matches of the knockout round did not provide any shocks. England beat Senegal, whose star Sadio Mane is out of the tournament, and France, inspired by Kylian Mbappé, cruised past Poland. And fact of the day, 670. The amount of gold in tonnes that central banks bought from January to September.
1: And now, here's a deeper look at the day ahead. Squeezing Russian oil flows On Monday, the EU ban on seaborne crude oil from Russia comes into effect. At the same time, another complicated scheme to manipulate the energy markets has been agreed, designed to slash the flow of petrodollars fueling Russia's war in Ukraine while avoiding a global oil supply shock. European, including British, suppliers of tankers and insurance will be banned from providing services to vessels ferrying crude oil from Russia to non EU countries. To ensure the ban does not decimate Russian exports and spark an oil price shock, America proposed that such services could be made available to non EU countries so long as they purchased seaborne Russian oil below an agreed price cap. After months of wrangling, On Friday, the G7 Club of Rich Countries, Australia, and the EU agreed to a cap of $60 a barrel. But with Russia refusing to abide by any cap, it is too soon for the West to declare victory. Transatlantic Trade Troubles Europe has long urged America to do more in the fight against climate change. Now that it has, the EU is not happy. The bloc fears that President Joe Biden is following an America first rather than a climate first approach. The Inflation Reduction Act, Mr. Biden's flagship policy, offers green incentives worth $400 billion, but includes protectionist subsidies on key products like electric cars. On Monday, a meeting in Washington between the EU and the Biden administration could offer hints on how the pair hope to resolve the dispute. The text of the law says that exceptions can be applied only to countries with which the United States has a free trade agreement. America has no such deal with the EU. On Sunday, the European Commission's president, Ursula von der Leyen, warned that the bloc must, quote, adapt its own state aid rules in the face of America's green subsidies. Not a good sign for the meeting. Free Speech v. Gay Rights at SCOTUS Four years after sidestepping the crux of a dispute between a gay couple and a Christian baker who refused to make them a wedding cake, America's Supreme Court is taking another crack at the subject. On Monday, the justices will examine the case of 303 Creative v. LNS. The question is, does the First Amendment protect a web designer who says her beliefs about marriage preclude her from creating websites for gay weddings? Lori Smith, the designer, says, Sacred freedoms of thought and mind bar the state of Colorado from forcing her to create messages that clash with her beliefs. The state counters that the law only requires Ms. Smith to supply gay customers with the same services she offers straight ones she could insist on selling only websites containing, quote, biblical passages stating that marriage is a union of one man and one woman, as long as she sells them, quote, to everyone. Tricky questions at the heart of America's culture wars await. If a business can refuse to carry out work involving same-sex weddings, why not interracial ones too? China's Faltering Economy On Monday, China's central bank will free up 500 billion yuan, $72 billion, for lending within the banking system, after announcing a 25-basis-point cut to the required reserve ratio, the amount of money banks are required to hold as reserves. In recent years, the People's Bank of China has routinely cut RRR to encourage banks to lend more. The hope is that there will be takers for the extra credit, but demand has been lackluster in China's decelerating economy. COVID restrictions have caused companies great uncertainty. Many planned investments in factories or new shops have been axed. In October, new loans declined to 615 billion yuan, 211 billion yuan less than a year ago. That is worrying for the government, which, in its quest for growth, wants companies to expand operations and build factories. Until China fixes its COVID problem, RRR cuts might amount to little more than pushing on a string. Picking the word of the year At this time of year, as others are trimming Christmas trees, a clutch of dictionary publishers ponder their choice for word of the year. Oxford dictionaries will publish their choice on Monday having chosen three finalists which, for the first time, were put to a public vote. One is goblin mode, a state in which someone indulges their laziest or most self-indulgent habits, perhaps suitable as a symbol for the first proper post-lockdown year. Another is hashtag I stand with, a hashtag used frequently in solidarity on Twitter, but whose status as a word seems questionable. The third is Metaverse, which Meta, owner of Facebook, and other companies have poured fortunes into developing, but which few people seem to be actually spending time in. It has been a strange year. War, economic upheaval, and a pandemic hangover are hard to sum up in a single dictionary entry. Perhaps 2023 will bring better news and more inspiring words. Finally, here's the quote of the day from Nelson Mandela, who died on this day in 2013. It is in the character of growth that we should learn from both pleasant and unpleasant experiences. That's the World in Brief from The Economist, available three times every day of the week.